It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Welcome to the Colton Collective Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Dave AC and the Sixth Doctor. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Golden Collective Podcast. Welcome to my new studio. Yes, it's bright, it's breezy, it's airy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's yellow. Interesting. All right. Dave, are you there? Yes, and with my superpower of uh, transmitting my voice across the Atlantic and around the world via TalkShoe and uh, X-Lite, it's good to talk to you. Good to talk to you too, sir. Let's see who else, see who else has uh, superpowers in the room. It's Mr. Dar Skeptical. Hello, sir. Hello, sir. So How I are speak you? on the person least prepared to, to answer me. <laughs> That's my superpower. Picking, picking on the person who's least prepared to speak right this second. Completely <laughs> unprepared. Yes, there you go. <laughs> and with the pinch-resistant bum, it's Romana too. Hello, boys. Hello. Hi. Uh, <laughs> oh, here he comes. He's waving his lantern at me. At least I hope that's his lantern. He's got his green ring on, yeah. <laughs> if he done mute. There he goes. He had his red ring on for a minute there. It's Logan. Hello, sir. Hello. I thought I'd call in for a few minutes later on just to tell you guys what a real superpower is like, so... <laughs> that, that's why I'm here. I mean, yeah, my superpower is stealing uh, stealing ideas from other podcasts. Mu-ha. Well, I, I was going to say that, but <laughs> but I mean, I am I am quite proud of you guys. You actually waited a full year from stealing this topic from me. Oh yeah, we can show restraint when need be. <laughs> also joining us is the seventh Doctor. Hello, sir. Good day, everyone. And I will show my superpower, the Seventh Doctor. Your real name is Jeff. Is that correct? Hey, how'd you do that, Dave? Oh, it's mind control. (laughs) Mind control. (laughs) Very good, Dave. You've mastered it. Yes. Anyway... Uh, with the ability of making bicycles disappearing disappear into his head and not return, it's Mr. Tim Jury. Beginning to wish my superpower was never. That you will never say that joke once ever ever again. <laughs> he's always peddling, he's always peddling that joke. Oh, I've got to recycle it, or then you know. <laughs> Change gear. Oh dear. 
<laughs> and here is the kryptonite <laughs> to our superpower. It's Dave, it's Mr. Randall Thor. Hello, Mike. Hello, and I my power is noticing puns, like that recycle pun. Ah. <laughs> oh, boy. Ah. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, anyway, uh, here's my other superpower, and that's lowering a cone of silence over the rest of the room. Controls, new agent training program, section 3.5, the cone of silence. To activate, simply lower the cone and speak clearly. What? Do not overuse the cone of silence. What? Do not shout in the cone of silence. What? In fact, don't even use the cone of silence. What? It's never worked right. I don't know why we bought it in the first place. What? All right, under the cone today is Alex, Cybob, To the Ark, and Guest 10. And a door closing behind me. Ha <laughs> ha Oh, and Lue just scooted in under the cone. Hello. All right. It's time to unveil our secret weapon, and that is Super Typing Monkey. It's news time! <laughs> Okay, go, fine. Go, Charlie go. I thought Charlie P was going to uh, you know, cast his voice into the room, even though he's not here. Exactly. All right, uh, some uh, news has been reported by numerous people, including uh, our very own Graham, the second Doctor, Sheridan, is there is a Doctor Who convention coming up in March of next year. Uh, what's so unique about that, may we ask? It's by the BBC. Hmm. It's an official Doctor Who convention. Uh, and it's been causing a bit of a stir. Uh, guests, of course, uh, they are going to have some. Actually, two special guests. Matt Smith and Stephen Moffat. Not very many, is it, really? So, yeah, this is the news. It's uh, March 24th and 25th uh, from 9 till 6 at the Millennium Center in Cardiff. Uh, and here's uh, where it breaks down a bit. Uh, ticket information. Convention entry ticket is £99. And on top of the £99, to get an autograph or a photograph is additional uh, £25 for Matt Smith, only £20 from Stephen Moffat, and uh, the same applies to autographs, £25 for uh, an autograph from Matt Smith and 20 from Stephen Moffat. So uh, we thought we'd bring the collective in to, uh, to, to weigh in on, basically, you know, this is, a, as it were, in America, be a, a studio-run convention. Tim, you had a bit to say before we uh, uh, started recording today. Yeah, well, it depends depends which level of perspective you put this in, but uh, that would probably buy you two people's entry into galley, and in terms of airfare, that's about a fifth of my airfare. Hmm. And as I'm saving up for galley in 2013, I'm seriously saying I don't really need that level of expense in my life. Right. Plus, at the moment, two guests... No matter how good they are, that's, that's not much an event, is it? But then I guess the fact that it's not till March means they'll, they're selling it off the back of the two guests they've got secured. 
and we'll be securing more guests between now and then. But it is it 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 puts in perspective the fact that there are one day cons in this convention that cost fifty pounds, and I've had friends drop out of those and say, "Oh no, that's too expensive." Right. Mm. They, it, it does say the on there. Of- Sorry, go ahead. Also, also at the end of the day, it it really doesn't help the fact that Matt Smith is doing another convention, a, or was it a three day convention in Birmingham, pretty much the weekend before or the weekend after, which is a lot less in the entry cost, and actually your your autographs and photos are included, which is it's run by a company called Star Fury, I think. Don't know much about it because I've kind of been avoiding it because it's in March next year and there's no way I can go. But the fact that he's doing a convention, you know, if you want to go see Matt Smith, most of the people I know are choosing to go to the one in Birmingham because it's cheaper, even though this is the official Dog 2 convention. It's just so overpriced that most people just can't afford to go. Even friends of mine who live in Cardiff are choosing to go to the one in Birmingham because even with their hotels and their, you know, fare and everything, it still works out cheaper, which is just silly, really. Well, can I just ask Ramona, how come Matt Smith can do other conventions when we know David Tennant wasn't allowed to do conventions while he was the resident doctor, was he? Don't know. Don't know. They've, they've decided to change that rule because he's doing a convention, a private convention in March, and Arthur Darville and both Arthur Darville and Karen Gillan have, and Alex Kingston have done conventions. So I guess they've lifted that rule. I don't know. It's, yeah, Arthur Darville Change their minds, but you know, there you go. Arthur Darvel was actually just at, uh, in Orlando for for Hurricane Who uh, last minute, actually, yeah. in addition to to their lineup, which still wasn't enough to make me want to go. And and um, yeah, enough said about Hurricane Who, the better. Uh, but I, I mean, I do hope it went well because at some point I do hope to go again. But it just wasn't enough to get me dead to go there. Um, as I was saying earlier, and I'll talk about it a bit later. Uh, MegaCon is coming up next year, and you know, as far as this economy goes. There's other conventions I'd rather save up for. Uh, looking at the fact sheet on this, uh, they do say that additional, they do hope to add additional uh, um, guests. This is, uh, when will you release details of other cast members appearing? So as soon as we have additional guests signed up, we will publish the details on our website, newsletter, uh, Facebook page, and Twitter feed. So um, I'm guessing they have an intention of uh, of adding more. Um, sorry, Dave, go ahead. I was going to say, just to, to put it to to help me sort this out, that we've got the dates there of March 2012. What, what, how many episodes of Doctor Who have we got between now and then? Have we only got the Christmas special between yes. now and yes. March? So it's not as though they're not announcing them because. They're going to be three or four episodes where they don't want to announce who the guests are on those episodes. Um, So what I mean is, if let's say it was going to be David Williams or somebody who'd been in this last series or something like that, there would be no no reason uh, to hide those names, as it were. They just haven't, I think they figured that they'd do this and they just haven't figured out who else they're going to do. And and, this, and I wonder if I wonder if they're going to narrow it down been, to. Yeah. This date's probably been picked as a couple of days off they have on filming because the latest information we have is they'll start filming in about February. Hmm. 
I mean, I applaud, I applaud the fact that they're actually doing an official convention. I mean, that that must be applauded. Maybe they'll, you know, maybe the uh, the list will be so enticing. I mean, obviously the the the, the extra twenty five pounds have your picture taken. I mean, what were some of the sums you were talking about before we recorded to say have your photograph taken with somebody like um, Brent Smith, Spiner of Plain Data and uh, um. Catherine Janeway? What sort of fees were they charging for that? It's forty dollars to get your photo taken with with uh, with Catherine Janeway uh, at Megacon, um, as we were talking about before the audio started. They got basically. It's a big convention where they get all these guests and who are set up at tables, and you just go to uh, go to whichever person you want to see, and you go up and maybe have a couple of words with them, and you can either get your photo taken or you get an autograph. Uh, but generally, they tend to be thirty to to forty dollars, depending on who the person is. Uh, some of them, of course, more expensive. Uh, but yeah, to 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 get a photo with uh, Kate Mulgrew, it's forty dollars. Which that's what I'm saving up for, and one of the reasons why I didn't go to Hurricane Hope because you know I can see a, a, a lot more. There's a lot more guests at, at MegaCon that I want to go see. I guess the problem I see with with the BBC doing conventions is at what point do I mean if they're doing maybe one a year and it's a little kind of thing that they do at the Millennium Center, then that's fine. But what happens when? The studio starts taking control of conventions and saying where guests can and can't go, and you know that I don't know how comfortable I feel with the BBC running a convention and then dictating where, you know, well, you know, what if they decide that uh, from now on that you know the, the part of their contract is you can't appear at any convention unless it's sanctioned by the BBC? Yeah. Weren't they doing that already though? I mean, David Tennant couldn't go to conventions. I mean, I mean, but I'm, he I'm was about like from from here on out. What if they say to to, to Karen Gillan and 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 you know, and anybody else? That part of their contract is no matter you know how big or small the role they've got in there, that they can't go to a Doctor Who based convention or a science fiction convention without the BBC say so. You know, and that they BBC would demand a cut. You know, I, I suppose Where, also it's BBC worldwide that's running this, isn't it? Rather than and BBC Worldwide, Tim, that's the commercial offshoot of the BBC, isn't it? Ah, uh, yes, Dave. Um, I, I mean, I have more confidence in the BBC uh, than that, Ian, but I do take your point. You never, you know, it's an unknown factor. Yeah. But it, I, I'm... I, yeah, I'm just not comfortable with with the, the, the actual studio encroaching on what has been basically... A fan domain. I mean, yes, there are other commercial conventions out there that are run by, you know, companies. Um, but you know, it's been to the benefit of the fans that that you know, like Megacon. You know, there's there's no tonight. They're there to make money. Uh, they're there to get as many guests as they can under one roof. So people will come in and 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 do their thing, and you know, they'll get their cut. That's fine because it's there for the fans. This just. Mm, I'm a little uncomfortable with you know the BBC getting involved in conventioning especially in the UK because you know what's to stop them from saying you know well from now on if you want Karen Gillan for a convention you know we get a cut you know or you know you have to 
you know, we will release her officially for a convention or, or anyone for that matter. I mean, you know, I mean, how far does this stretch back into, you know, does it stretch back into Classic Who? Can they, can they start restricting guests there too? You know. Uh, one more thing, I'll just add to this, whether, and then if see anybody else wants to comment, they have started a Twitter feed for this, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, DW Convention uh, Twitter, so assuming that will yes. leak out uh, new uh, guest stars or whatever. Yep. Well, you know, just looking at it from afar, I have to speak up for the other side and say I would definitely go to the Cardiff one, to the official one. I would not go to this Star Fury thing because looking at the facts, the Star Fury thing is 90, do- 90 pounds. So what? Nine more pounds is really going to break the bank. And, you know, we've been neglecting the fact that it's not just two guests that have been announced. It's just... Um, I mean, they have at least five guests announced already because Michael Pickwood is going to be there. And hell, if I don't want to get into that, I'd love to hear Michael Pickwood tell me about the the production design. Um, and Danny Hargreaves is there, and he's always really good at explaining things on Doctor Who Confidential about how special effects are done. I'd love to see that. Um, and uh, I forget, oh, and then Marcus Wilson is going to be there. So you got the current producer there. I mean. That's powerhouse to me as somebody who's interested in the behind the scenes thing. The Star Fury thing is just actors. And oh my god, Mark Shepard's gonna be there. He's at every fucking convention there ever he is. Who cares? You gotta look uh, at it from the perspective of someone like my age who doesn't have that much money but still wants to go to a convention. The Star Fury one is a lot more appealing because it's a three day convention, not just one day for the exact same price. So you looking at it that way. If you want to do the, pay the I, same amount for the Cardiff one, you're paying £99 times but, free. But so yeah, it's yeah. really not that much. It is a lot more worth it for people who want to go meet Matt Smith at the well, end of the okay. day. Okay, but getting I was going to get to that and say, okay, you're going to pay for three days, but that means you have accommodation for three days, too. That means you have food for three days, and it's not like Matt Smith is going to be there every one of those three days. At least that's not what's being advertised. There's no guarantee that you know, you're going to get him every day. So really, effectively, if you want to see Matt Smith, you are going to pay more to go to the Birmingham one because you're going to have to wait around for the day on which he appears. And I think that the the 99 quid one that's much more focused that's much more targeted you know you pay 99 pounds you are going to see these people and you don't wait around you don't necessarily have to spend any money on accommodation if you know you live in the UK already and you're just making a train trip in or whatever i would for my money i i'd go to the official one every any day of the week because again it's cheaper for directly targeting your interests. I mean, you're, you pay 99 pounds, you're guaranteed, no matter what happens, as long as you stay in the building, you're going to see Matt Smith, whereas that's, I don't think that is the case at the Star Fury one. And it is. I think that and the lineup is better, I think, at the Cardiff one, because it's, it's more representative of the, the entire Doctor Who experience than just I mean, Mark Shepard, W. Morgan Shepard, I mean, come on. These are incidental actors. These are not big-name actors. Um, Matt Smith is, but, uh, you know, I, I just think that the overall, I think I would learn a whole lot more about Doctor Who going to the official one. Well, it's funny that I don't know many people, convention-goers in the UK, that are wanting to go to the Cardiff one because it's just... 
true you've got to factor in accommodation, but a lot of people are inventive and they will share rooms and, and all the sorts. So really, as far for a convention experience, for at least I know a lot of people my age are wanting to go to the Birmingham one only because they're, you know, there are guest talks, there are your photos, your autographs are included already. There are parties, it's a social event. This is just pretty much, you go there, you watch a bunch of people talk, you go home. It's just not really the kind of spirit of a convention that a lot of people I know would want to go to. That's well, yeah, that's because the, 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 the buzz around the convention. I assume, Romana, is where what you would deem as reasonable, it would be something you would go to, though, or not? The Cardiff one, if it was a little bit cheaper, yes, I probably would go to it. But I would probably choose to go to the Birmingham one as well because it's a social event. It's a three-day convention. You're hanging out with people at the convention. There are parties each night. Your autographs are included. It just seems a lot more worth it to me, personally. But because I can share a hotel room with my friends and we can all pay, like, you know, £40 a night or whatever and all sleep about six people in one room, which is what happens at conventions. And it's just, I don't know, it's just... I've been talking to this a lot of online and a lot in with some of my 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 friends here, and the amount of people choosing to go to the Birmingham one as opposed to the Cardiff one is pretty much it, it it's a biggie, which is it's it's crazy considering how I mean the guest lineup for the Cardiff one is better, but a lot of people can't justify paying ninety nine pounds for one day convention. It's just silly, you know. If it was a two day convention, maybe, but it's not, and everything else is extra. So for the average convention goer in, in the UK, it's just they're not going. Well, you say average convention goer, but I think that the interesting thing about the official one is that it seems to be giving people who you know have busy lives who are who are working. It gives them an opportunity to to have a convention experience that a three day convention really wouldn't. I mean, they don't, if you got a job and you got you know you, you're working six days a week, you don't have an opportunity to. Spend three days waiting around on Matt Smith to show up, whereas you know you might be able to afford, you know, nine pounds more and cut out your accommodation to go see Matt Smith and be guaranteed of seeing him in a reasonable time frame. So I think that's it's it's serving a different market, and may well bring people who aren't normally associated with conventions into the convention circuit because it's targeted. It, it looks to me as well, looking through these pages, that um, I mean, and I, 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 I'm between the two of you here. I mean, it, it does seem rather dear to myself, but uh, one would expect they're going to have, um, you know, basically you can see how they do the uh, special effects and the makeup and so on. So it's going to be anybody who wants to get into TV, they may be getting people who, you know, want to work on creative programs like this uh, behind the scenes. Maybe those people will be inspired. Uh, as much as just, not just, but people who are going there simply because it's a Doctor Who convention. Um, you know, it's and, it, it's an insight. And, and that's important, Dave, because don't forget, you know, one of the biggest television, well, not just television, but entertainment, production, educational areas is, you know, Cardiff. Um, so they'll, they'll likely get a lot of people who are in school, I guess, at Cardiff University or other universities around Wales um, that naturally feed into the the um you know the production staff of Doctor Who eventually to to come in and you know mm -hmm. see something. I, I think it it's a it it's it's clear that 
the Cardiff thing is, I think, more educational than the Star Fury thing, which is much more along the lines of a Gallifrey, of a, a traditional sort of, well, I mean, it is a fan-run con. Um, but I think that there, I really applaud this because I think that there is a a niche that needs to be feel, filled here. And I, I'm not quite so worried as Ian seems to be about what will be the long-term implications of this. I mean, I think, as as Jeff already pointed out, they've been restricting actor and employee access to cons for a long time now. I mean, this at least gives a, a focused and targeted outlet for their creative staff. Um, so, I, I mean, I'd rather have them doing something official than not doing anything at all, which is really what it's been like, you know, for five years is basically Doctor Who modern performers have been cut out of the loop, really. Um, uh, uh, well, yeah, one thing may let me add to that is yeah. uh, it, it also underlines, in one sense, the commitment that the BBC have to Doctor Who. Um, I mean, it, mm. you may you may be cynical and say, well, it's, it's treating it as a cash cow. But on the other hand, if they uh, presumably they're doing it this year to try and get sort of a, a groundswell and get some experience this year, so that for the 50th anniversary, you know, they can have a full-on rocking experience or whatever they call it. The point is that. Um, Everything that the BBC do to tie themselves into Doctor Who like this makes it more likely that the series will survive and be, you know, one of the main cornerstones of BBC drama, you know, well into the future, uh, beyond the time when Matt Smith leaves, beyond the time when Stephen Moffat, um, and, and whether it's, um, you know, Mark Gatiss or whoever takes over, uh, that investment in this shows, to me at least, a longer-term um, commitment to to the series as a whole. So and, maybe in that sense. Yeah, and, and Dave, you bring up an important point about getting experience for the 50th anniversary, because what I think this is about, in one sense, is avoiding long lead. Because if you remember, you know, for the 20th anniversary, the BBC had that official Longleat celebration, and although a lot of people have fond memories of it and all this stuff, it was a disaster from an organizational standpoint. And I do think that there will be some kind of big official convention in 2013, and I, I think that this is, in in part, a warm up for trying to you know figure out what works at a convention, how just the technical running of it, not necessarily you know uh, you know how to schedule it, but I mean actually soup to nuts how to do it um, so that when they do have their bigger convention in 2013, it will run more smoothly than the long leap thing did, which was, you know, by all accounts, a total disaster. Okay, anybody else want to make a comment and then perhaps Ian, we um, ought to move on now. I guess I just... I guess I just want to make my final comment. At the end of the day, it is a, it is a great convention, I won't deny that. But uh, I just think if it is wanting to branch out into educating, like, you know, uni students who live in Cardiff, then most uni students I know are not going to be able to afford £99 to get in. So they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot a bit there. It's just, that's all that falls back to with me. It's just overpriced, like just a 20 or £30 pounds less. And there wouldn't be such a such a stink about it, I think, because it, it does look like a good convention, but it just seems incredibly overpriced for what it is, in honesty. 
but that's just my final word on the object. I mean, I, I can't even go, so I don't know why I'm getting to. <laughs> okay, let me just go to Tim, because uh, let me go to Tim, because oh, Tim's got a time constraint. Anything you want to say on this, and then we'll draw a line under it. I don't think I have anything more to add, Dave. Uh, other okay. than, as I say, is, it is, it's expensive, and it, it, it's not entirely unique, because I, I remember the early days of the um, SFX before it became SFX Weekender, when they did one-day conventions called the SFX Event, uh, they had um, uh, one of the model effects guys from uh, Red Dwarf and various other programs he'd worked on. And so the, the educational element is, is not, not quite as unique as we've, we've mentioned. Okay, Ian? Ready. Um, yeah, I've got uh, another little bit of news. Uh, well... Of course, uh, on the topic of conventions we were talking about earlier is uh, Megacon, which I, with any luck, if the wife lets us, uh, will be going to next year. It's uh, February of next year. It, the Orange County Convention Center in uh, Orlando. Uh, tickets uh, are on sale at the moment. Uh, $60 for all three days or $25 a day at the door. Uh, children 10 and under are free. Of course, with an adult, they can't just like bowl up and get in. Uh, <laughs> they have to have an adult with them. Uh, a ton of guests. Uh, so if you go to www.megaconvention.com and you can check out, they've got media guests and comic book guests, including Stanley. Uh, but yeah, they've got a ton of guests, and I'm looking forward to going there and. Uh, and having a lot of fun with the family. Uh, hopefully I can convince the wife to go with. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> all right, in other news, uh, we finally have a uh, a date for Star Trek Online's uh, free-to-play. Uh, until now, of course, it's uh, the... Let's see if I can get this out in one go. MMORPG uh, has been a, a, a pay-to-use feature. Uh, pay-to-use uh, game, uh, but now they've, uh, they're going free-to-play uh, January 17th of 2012, so look out for that. Uh, of course, you, know, you can pay for extras and stuff like that, but uh, you can go in there and play for free as of uh, January next year, so yay! I have been waiting with bated breath. <laughs> All right, anybody else with any, any last-minute news that you might have just thought of? Oh, yes, um... Mike has just put in the chat. Uh, the fifth annual Desert Bus for Hope Marathon starts on Friday. Uh, and But you haven't put a link in there, Mike, so I can't read it out. Oh. <laughs> but I will a little bit later when he does. <laughs> All right. Uh, there's just uh, oh, desert, desertbus.org. Uh, yeah, get, get all the details over there. Uh, desert Bus is an interesting game. I've played it. I failed miserably at it, just so everybody knows how incredibly useless I am. Uh, but yeah, you can <laughs> you can try it for yourself. But basically what these guys do is they uh, they play Desert Bus uh, for, I think it's, what, 24 hours? Uh, and, uh, well, they play it for a hell of a long time and to raise money. So uh, yeah, check them out at desertbus.org. All right, Dave, do you have any additional news? No, no, no. I'm ready to hear from Andy. Okie dokie. Oh, let's see. Mike just put some more in. <laughs> Type faster, Mike. <laughs> uh, they, they, basically, it goes as, uh, for as long as donations roll in. Uh, they've got six days so far. So, yeah. Worthy cause. 
right. Uh, where did I put Andy? He's in a box somewhere around here. Uh, it's, it's a lead line bo- box to keep his uh, powers <laughs> powers of persuasion of how to uh, join the collective. Uh, and here he is. I'll open the box. If you enjoy listening, why not join the collective and participate yourself? We're on TalkShoe. Call ID 54821. Call in on 724-444-7444. This is a US number, area code 724, so do check your calling plan before dialing in. If you have a SIP client, you can call in for free on 66.212.134.192. Or you can connect in directly via the Shoe Phone client if you have TalkShoe Live installed. Looking forward to hearing you. I've got one thing to mention. It's not really news, but I think I'll mention it now, if I may. Uh, no. On our Colton Collective uh, fan page on Facebook, please consider joining. We'll uh, let you in. We like people there. Uh, Louis Bailey of the Happiness Patrol uh, has just said um, uh, the Happiness Patrol is coming up very quickly to its second anniversary. Uh, drop us a line and let us know what you've enjoyed in the past year on Doctor Who. So... Um, I'm sure if you click on Lewis Bailey's link or uh, search out the Happiness Patrol online, it'll tell you how you can send in that feedback. You know, we should get Lewis on a show sometime. Hmm. Interesting idea. I, I will make that happen. I, I doubt it. Your powers oh. of persuasion are not that great. <laughs> Speaking of powers, <laughs> yes, today's show is all about superpowers. And to explain how the show is going to work, Dave will mentally plant the idea in your head. <laughs> yeah, no, we're going to have a little bit of fun with this, I hope. We haven't got a great number of people on the audio. Uh, the others that are not can telepathically, what are they, telepathically um, put their answers in text. Um what it is, is um, what's your superpower? I haven't pre-prepared anything from, uh, for this, really. I've got some links that I will be putting in during the show. Uh, if you're listening to the recording later, there are text uh, comments put into the room while we're talking. Uh, chatgrabber.com will allow you to uh, re-get these uh, links later. So I'm going to read three or four things just to give you an idea of what we're talking about. Um, uh, first of all, when does an enhanced ability become a superpower? So if you're thinking about uh, Luke in Sarah Jane Adventures or even Luke Skywalker in Star Wars, do they have superpowers or do they just have heightened mental abilities or heightened perceptions? Uh, did Wonder Woman have superpowers or was she just Amazon-like in her, you know, from an Amazon race and therefore had abilities from that point of view, which I suppose you could say about Superman, really. If you did have a superpower, would you have a secret identity to hide it? Or would you go public with it like Iron Man? Well, Iron Man didn't really have a superpower, but you know the the way I'm going with that one, I hope. Would you use it selfishly? Would you use it to sort of uh, further your career, get your mate of vast wealth or whatever? Would you indeed even possibly turn evil does ultimate power uh, corrupt people and um, how would you protect your loved ones if uh, if the bad guys come after you and other people in the room if somebody comes up with a power uh, how you know what faults can you see i mean one of the things i was thinking about was saying i would love the superpower of flying 
But it's no point being able to fly from here to Australia in two minutes if you're frozen to death because you're flying at 50,000 feet. So you don't just need the superpower to be able to fly. You need, you need to be able to breathe and not die of frostbite um, during the course of that flight. Uh, so there are lots of things to think about. Oh, you can be very flippant. Um, the reason for choosing this subject is not, as Logan thinks, because we're copying him, but it was because Series 2 of The Misfits just launched, and uh, this is um, a comedy sci-fi program where there's some rather bizarre uh, special superpowers. So I know Tim hasn't got much time, so I will be going to him first. I've got a few clips to play if we need them, uh, but um, I'm going to... They're only ones I've collected together from different shows that we've done in the past, so they're nothing really special. So, Tim, I hope that you'll be prepared to go first because you said you were leaving us at eight. So, take us off. Uh, well, I'm going to dive in and nab one that I'm sure plenty of us want, and that's teleportation, um, inspired partly by Misfits Season 2 and old favourites such as Blake Seven, who never needed to get in a shuttlecraft, they just put a bracelet on and jumped down to the planet and saved themselves an enormous amount of time. Because not only would this power save you time, it would save you money. Mm. It, would, it would change change whole ways you organise your life instead of having to have got up at 6.45am in February to get to an 11, whatever it was, 11.25 flight to LA. I could leave the house at 11 in the morning, arrive at Heathrow for... Actually, no, they still say get there two hours early, but I wouldn't have had the getting up early business. I could just get there. Um, at, well, actually, no, I could jump ahead of everybody, of course, because I could be in L.A., and the Radio Free Skyro people would be going, hey, you're here before we've even bought any drinks. Right, so I think you've answered my second question, would you use it selfishly? <laughs> There's no other um, way to use such a power. Right. And how would you make sure and you didn't just materialise in some solid rock somewhere? Yeah, that, that, that's, the, that's the thing with it. I, I, I've not uh, re-watched season two of Misfits, but as I recall, she had this um, teleportation power and it was a bit haphazard at times. You'd, you'd want it to be pinpoint accurate. I'd want to jump from here to the Marriott, I wouldn't want to arrive at the um, outside the airport and have to wait half an hour for that shuttle bus like we had to in February. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's um, and, and also you you wouldn't want um, you wouldn't want there to be limits on it. You wouldn't want there to be uh, oh well, you've had your one use for it for this 24 hours. You can't use it for another day. That would be a bit inconvenient. Um, I mean, if if you're going to play on the selfish thing, um, it, it would be helpful if you could take people with you, like Superman grabs Lois Lane and carries her. There's there's this, um, I forget how many shows have done this over the years, but there's this thing where someone just gets grabbed by the someone that's teleporting and conveniently all their molecules don't end up mixed together and they just arrive together. So, yeah, that would be useful, too. You could save someone else's airfare. Right. Um, well, I can see one downfall as well here already. My friend has just come back from the United States, and uh, he got chatting, chatting to the, the 
the policeman uh, when he was checking in, and he forgot to stamp, stamp his exit visa. So when they went to um, this military uh, site to have a look at the military aircraft, uh, they weren't going to let him in because he'd got no exit visa, so they thought he wasn't going to try and leave the country. Luckily, all the other people with him had it stamped. So you'd have to have a, a psychic paper passport so that when the, when yeah. uh, the people look at I, it... I, it I did realise that. You, you'd, you'd need the Jedi thing. Yeah. The uh, He can go about his business. Let this one pass. <laughs> He's not important. <laughs> hmm. But, um, yeah, it, 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 it's the trouble with superpowers. You think of one, and then suddenly you think, oh, yeah, to, for that one to work properly, you'd need another one as well. It, it's a bit like Luke Skywalker um, having the power to lift large objects, but it also helps if he can do other things as well. But um, now as, as I said earlier, I'm going to drop off now because, um, well... Things, things to take care of, but um, I've got to teleport off somewhere. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I think what you really need is a superpower that you can do two things at once. I'll be in two places at once. You can stay here, and you can be watching whatever it is on TV as, at the same time. Mm. There you go. Yeah, split, split, split. Whatever that Michael Keaton movie was, Multiplicity. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. So there's yeah, one of you good. that goes to work, and there's another one that stays home and does all that podcast preparation that you don't have time to do when you're at work. <laughs> Actually, that might suit you quite well, because you have two jobs. <laughs> mm. Yeah, well, they're at different times of day, conveniently. Sort of, anyway. There's this there's this one hour between them, so I saw people go, oh, what do you do for lunch? And I go, yeah, I'm just about getting from one job to the other and have half an hour to eat. <laughs> Uh, okay. Uh, well, thanks for going first, uh, Tim, and um, uh, we'll we'll let you go. But um, that's good. Okay, Ian, do you want to do you want to go next to give? Uh, then we'll go to the seventh doctor, so we'll give him a bit of warning. But uh, remember, people, jump in if you think think of any weakness in Ian's dastardly plan. <laughs> It'll let people can think of a weakness with me. Um... <laughs> Well, I mean, I suppose I, I, I could go with the whole thing that people expect of me, the X-ray vision. <laughs> yes, because I really want to see what the wiring's like in this house. Yeah, that's oh, why I want it. That's why I want it. <laughs> um, no, I, I mean, I've always been partial to invisibility, just because, you know... Um, well, one of the reasons I get embarrassed a lot. <laughs> it just seems to be a good thing you can go hide somewhere. But I do like, I mean, after listening to, to, to Tim, the teleportation thing does sound kind of nice. But, I mean, you know, as a kid, you know, watching Superman, you know, whenever I come out of a Superman movie, you'd want to, you, you know, you want to just like do the do the run and jump and, you know, be able to fly. But I'm afraid of heights. <laughs> That's the appalling thing about that. Flying would be really, really cool, especially at the speeds that Superman can fly. It's like, you know... But no, that'd be useless at that as well. It's kind of difficult to come up with one because then you kind of think, well, I'd have to remove this restriction. Like, I'd have to be able to... I'd have to be able to deal with my fear of of heights. Um, Invisibility thing, yeah, it sounds really cool, but then who do you tell? Yeah. Uh... With the invisible man, he was invisible. I mean, the, he, yeah. he was, as soon as he came invisible, he spent all his efforts trying to make himself visible again. Right. So, um, or like, um, 
You want to be able uh, to turn it on series. and off. I think it was the TV series. The, 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 um, was it the Omega Man or something like that? Um, uh, and also I-Man, uh, the Invisible Man, the, the the TV series they did about, uh, I think it was about five or six years ago, where it's a limited thing. You could only go invisible for a certain amount of time. Like, he could go invisible and he had this, like, this... Snake, um, snake tattoo, didn't he? Sure snake tattoo. And once yeah. it was... Yeah, and once it reached like all red or whatever like that, he'd go nuts. <laughs> um, so it'd be something like that. But I mean, yeah, invisibility is cool. But when you overlay it with my my regular life, it becomes useless. Um, I got to get up in the morning and I got to take the kids to to, to school and to grandma's house, um, and then I got to go to work, and then you know after work I got to go pick the kids up and. And uh, go to rehearsals, and then I got to come home. What would I use invisibility for? <laughs> well, you could, you could sit next to Liam when he's doing a test to go to college. Uh, no, that, that might ruin his answers. That exactly. Whispering his ear the answers. I don't yeah, know. I, I mean, I, I guess I wish I'd be you know a super plumber or something like that. Instead, it sounds morally useful. I mean, it's, it's one of those things, and that's why one of the reasons why I came up with this topic is because they sound really good in. In, in comic books and stuff, but when you... And I guess that's... One of the good things about, like, some of the movies, you know... Um, yes, I did that one for you, Mike. Super plumber. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, Spider-Man, at least there was the, the point in that where... Uh, Peter's juggling his his school uh, and, and and work and 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 being Spider-Man. At least you get a bit of a glimpse of that. But that, that's the way it is. I mean, you think, yeah, that'd be really cool. So it wouldn't be something that I guess that you could physically do. It would have to be something that uh, telepathy would be handy. You know, you'd be able to read people's thoughts and really know what. You know, because that, that'd be handy. You know, I could ask Liam like, have you done your homework? And he'd be like, yeah, dad, yeah, yeah. And, and I'd be able to read his thoughts and figure out, you know, he'd probably sit there going, God, I wish I'd, you know, or I should have done that homework. Or, God, I'm glad doesn't, dad doesn't realize I've got uh, a whole ton of homework that I haven't done. Um, or know what my boss really thinks, you know, uh, when I call and say, oh, I'm sick, you know, I can't come to work. You know, is he sitting there thinking, oh, you're a liar. So, to, tell him, you know, to be able to read people's thoughts would be kind of neat. Um because at least that has real-world applications in my life. Like, I could tell right now if Dave was thinking, God, he does go on. <laughs> now I've decided whether to play a Superman theme or a Spider-Man theme when he finished. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> See, I knew that, but I wanted to throw everybody off in the room. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, telepathy would be kind of cool, because that's got real-world applications that wouldn't get you, you know, wouldn't, like, as long as you didn't go, hey, I know what you were thinking. Um, you could get away with that one without people realizing it. You know, like you know, uh, telekinesis. It's like, hey, why is that floating in midair? No, it's not me. Boom. <laughs> um, you know, it's not one of those. Unless you really kind of played into the, the the telekinesis, where you you know went to pick something up and then used your mind to lift it and made it look like you were really like super strong even though you've got a beer gut uh, you know that kind of thing this is this topic actually is a lot better than I thought it would be it's kind of kind of neat when we mention it and I'm like well that's good for a short show but you know that's actually kind of neat when you look at it you know 
it, in the real world about having a superpower. So you can move on to the seventh doctor now because he's had plenty of time to think, and I know oh, well, what you're thinking. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll play a theme in a minute, and then later I'm going to ask you, Ian, about um, the misfits because one of the reasons we were doing this show is the misfits. So you might want to mm. tell people they're not familiar with about it. Right. Uh, but let me play the Superman theme because you mentioned that. Stop it there. Um, we'll go to Romana too after this, Doctor, just to get you prepared and ready. So, Jeff. Well, first off, I want to say uh, there's a problem with Ian's in- invisibility ability. Um, oh. Since no Apart one can from see my real him, life. <laughs> <laughs> well, because no one can see him, he would have to be watching constantly all around him for things bumping into him, people moving things into him or bumping into him himself. Uh, so I, I don't know how practical invisibility would be unless you had eyes on the back of your head also. So yeah, would people, pa- yeah. Would people <laughs> pass through you, Ian, or would you still get injured? That's the point. Oh, yeah, that's one of those things. It's like you, you think, oh, yeah, it's great. I can just stand there. And people, who, you know, I can watch everything. But then you get people just like, do, do, do. Mind you, if you see me at a grocery store, people do that anyway. Something that's the joke my wife and I have is we're walking through the grocery store and people walk like head on into you almost like they expect you to move and and our famous line is well I must have my invisibility cloak on again we've been known to say that out loud quite a few times just because people are that rude they will just walk up on you like you're not even there it's like they just expect you to get out of their way um but yes, you have a very good point. It's it's one of those things you say, oh yeah, it'd be cool to be invisible because then you know I could just watch people. It's like yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm standing in the middle of the road. Boom! What the hell was that? <laughs> watch where you're driving, man. Who said that? <laughs> yes. So yes, good point. Well made. About telekinesis, I don't know if I'd really want to know what people are thinking all the time. No, no, no. That's I, very I, good things. Telekinesis That's the moving thing. Thing. I'm sorry, not telekinesis. Telepathy. Um, telepathy, excuse me. Uh, mm. I, I just don't know if I'd want to know what people are thinking all the time. Uh, all these, uh, And how would you cr- um, filter out all the different voices in, in a crowded room? Would you be able to turn it off or uh, filter it down to one person? Yeah, that's, that's, that's the, the, the big question. It's like, you know... Um, 
and we'll get to that when we talk later about misfits. Is that's one of the things that kind of brings up is like you know the ability to control these things and you know what the downsides are. So anyway, what would yours be? Um, I would like to master the art of persuasion. Because well, you got me. I don't believe I'm it. On uh, I'm on board. I don't believe you. You're on board. All right. I, I, I yeah, might be, be on the way already. Yeah, it must be a weak will. <laughs> but I just think it would be very cool, you know, to be able to, you know, you have a great idea and people around you, they, they don't want to do it. And if you could just persuade them to do it, uh, you'd have to be uh, very uh, conscientious on how you use that power. Uh, you could very easily use it to... Uh, evil purposes, if you will, uh, tell, getting people to do things that are just ridiculous or, or embarrassing or um, unlawful, for that matter. Only uh, being on so the you, show. You'd right? have to be... <laughs> uh, but, but if I had one superpower, I, I think that would be the one that I would like to have. A bit like no, the master, eh? A bit like the master. But, but again... <laughs> But again, you would have to be very careful on how you use it. Uh, would you use it for evil purposes, such as the master did? Uh, I I would try not to. Uh, I would only try to do it for good things. For uh, let's say, uh, if you ever ran into a uh, situation, someone trying to hold you up or um, waving a gun around, you could persuade them to put the gun down and. Uh, I, that's what I would want to use it for. Oh, no, no, no. You, you see, the people with the power of that, they don't do, make them put the gun down. They make them put the gun to their own forehead. <laughs> no, you're but cruel, Dave. Wow. Is, well, is that's that what evil? They do. Uh, yeah, yeah well, I, I think that's evil, though. I don't want to use it that way. No, I don't mean to pull the trigger. That's, I don't mean make them pull the trigger. But the point is they can't shoot because they're in the firing line, aren't they? Right. I, I think it would be better, though, to you know put the gun down or the knife down or or to uh, turn themselves in or you know whatever uh, the good thing to do in that situation would be you know the right thing. I guess the question on that is if you were wanting to if you persuaded them to turn themselves in, how far how long does the suggestion last? Do you have to be within, you know, do you have to, like, accompany them to the police station for them to turn themselves in? Um, you know, is there a certain Probably. radius of, of effect, you know? I would imagine that it would go away after you get out of their vision, out of right. their so uh, if you line think, of sight. You're going to turn yourself in, and then you walk away, and then they pick the gun back up, and then they shoot somebody. But, well, well, they well, the the stay well, with the them or until the... Go ahead, Dave. In one of the Smallville stories, they did that. Where, but the point is, they they didn't break out of the mind control, as it were, until they completed the action. Now, mm. admittedly, if if that was to shoot somebody, if the actual somehow the person managed to dodge the bullet, or whoever, if it's Superman, obviously. But the point is, once they've actually fired the gun, then they would break out and say, "Why did I do that?" But they had to complete the action. Right. Interesting. 
and and it doesn't have to be a violent situation either. It could be oh, no. you're having a uh, heated discussion with somebody, and this situation needs to be quelled. And you know, and maybe you could, through your words, just uh, calm the situation down, and uh, then they the discussion can go on in a normal fashion instead of uh, an escalating heated fashion. Right. Okay, well, we've got plenty of time to keep coming around the room, so yeah. uh, we'll, we'll come back to you. Let me play uh, a clip from the Spider-Man film, then we'll go to Romana. doing is to get us in the mood a little bit and give time for people to, when their name's called, and we'll go to Darth after Romana if we may. Go on, Romana. Um, I just want a TARDIS. That's all I want. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a superpower. I don't know, but if you can imagine bring... having a superpower that kind of has a similar kind of thing, if I had the power to teleport, and then the power to, to, to um, Look, point at a bag and make it bigger on the inside. Um, you know, I just want my life to be easier. <laughs> I just want to be able to, you know, what? I, I thought you'd have the yeah. power to bring fictional characters back to life, like Yanta. I'm over <laughs> that. Two <laughs> years, you know. Um, have other obsessions now, but anyway. <laughs> Um, oh. I just I just want to make my life easier and all honesty. Like I just want to be able to travel wherever I want to go to without having to spend money or time. I just so that's where the teleportation thing comes in. But I also want to be able to take all my stuff with me and people with me and kind of like, you know, essentially have a portable house. So that's where the service comes into it. Or a really big bag. Um Oh, a magic bag. Also, where you can, whatever you want is inside it. If you want money, if you want food, yeah. if you want tickets, that, but that's a magic bag, not a power, isn't it? Yeah, it's 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 sort of what I want to cross between Doctor Who, like science and magic. But um, like I just want the ability to just kind of just for my life to just be easier, and also to travel back in time would be handy because you know everyone's got those moments they would like to change, um, and. You know, and also a bit of telepathy will be good so I can know what people are actually thinking um, sometimes because I completely misinterpret some situations and it's just I would like to actually know what people are thinking sometimes. Oh, Ian, um, clear your mind quick. Clear your mind, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> she already knows what I'm thinking. <laughs> That's the kind of practical kind of superpowers I want. I just want my life to be easier. Um, whereas the kind of frivolous things I'd like to be able to do, I would, I would like the ability. I would, I'm going to be more than I'm saying. I would like X-ray vision. Um, <laughs> I would like um, invisibility. I would like to be able to fly. Um, 
But if I had to just choose one, I'd just want a TARDIS or something similar, really. Just just the ability to just not have to spend heaps of money on getting places to be able to, you know, once I live in Australia and then whenever I want to come to the UK to a convention or see my friends or something, it's not something I have to save for for a whole year to do and then spend 24 hours in a plane getting here. And it's just, you know, I just want to be able to travel around the world without, you know, just to be able to travel around the world. That's all I really want to be able to do. Um, But still be, you know, live at home and, you know, live in one place. I think you want the superpower of being super rich. (laughs) There you go. Well, that too, but it's it's also just the um, it's just so practical to be like you know flying back and forth between Australia and the UK. It takes forever. It costs a lot, and even if I did, if I was rich, it's just not practical. So what I really want is just be able to teleport between the two instantly. Really, that's and, and America as well, and all all the other places in the world I want to visit and. Just to be able to be there, like I hear something on the internet going, oh, such and such is playing at such and such, you know, such and such is doing a con in such and such. I'm going, I want to go to that. And just be able to just go like that. That's what I want. <laughs> but then you need something to keep all your stuff in and somewhere to sleep. So that's where you want a TARDIS or something. So why not have something that will get you to, to point, from point A to point B at the same time and have somewhere to sleep and have somewhere to to keep all your stuff and have someone to also keep your friends as well. You can take your friends and your family with you. And, and she doesn't ask really for much. Power, but it's just, just a TARDIS. <laughs> what? She wants to be a TARDIS. It's a power to be able to make one. There. That, that, I guess that'll do. <laughs> right. Well, and yeah, I mean, slightly power. off the superpower thing, but, yeah, it's certainly... Um, uh, something that would in it, would give you superpower-like abilities, um, but th- that's one of the things, of course, is whether th- something is enhanced or whatever, and so on. Um, so let me uh, play as um, let me find another little clip to play as. Um, one of the programs I really love, and then we'll go to Darth, is um, Highlander. So here's a little clip from the Highlander TV series theme. I am Duncan MacLeod, born 400 years ago in the highlands of Scotland. I am immortal, and I am not alone. For centuries we have waited for the time of the gathering, when the stroke of a sword and the fall of a head will release the power of the quickening. In the end, there can be only one. I love Highlander. I really was a big fan of that. Um, so, uh, Darth, uh, have you got one to hand? I suppose. I don't, it's hard to choose. But, um, you know, one of my favorite superheroes that, unless you're in the comics you don't really know about, is a guy called Dead Man. 
and he's a DC character, and his whole deal is that he is doing penance for um, his evil ways, but he's also trying to solve the mystery of his murder. And to affect this, he can jump into anybody's body and become them, or control them at least, for a limited period of time. It's kind of quantum leapish, but not exactly because he has control over the situation, you know. And he doesn't, he doesn't, ha- he's not waiting around to figure out what he has to do in order to jump out of the body. He, he can at will go into anybody's body, and I would find that fascinating to be able to sort of live somebody else's experience. And the thing is, he doesn't completely control them. He 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 can experience what they're experiencing, but he can nudge them in certain directions to do things. So it's more of a symbiotic relationship. It's really fascinating. And that would be interesting to me and useful and, you know, invasive, sure. But uh, I I don't think that I would use it for particular ill. But, you know, it would be awfully nice to jump into the body of, uh, well, it would have been at least, you know, Osama bin Laden. And influence him to turn himself in. You know, that would be obviously useful, but very subtle way to do it. Um, so I guess that that's sort of who I would go. But I would also say that, in my mind, the perfect um, set of superhero powers is in The Martian Manhunter. I mean, that guy has everything that you would want. He... Telekinesis, that's a must. I, you know, whether you're talking about the force as a telekinetic uh, conveyance or, you know, somebody else's version of telekinesis, telekinesis is just damn cool. And that's very useful. I mean, how many times are you sitting in your chair and the remote control is just a little bit out of reach? <laughs> I mean, that happens to all of us. And frankly, it would just be easier just to, you know, influence the thing to come into your hand. Um. How many times are you trying to get that that quarter out of the back of the sofa? A lot. And with telekinesis, you too could just pry it free with just a thought. So that's good. But the other really cool aspects of of Martian Manhunter are not just the ability to read minds, but the ability to repair them. So you'd be of great use to people who, um, you know, Alzheimer's victims. Theoretically, you would be able to figure out what the hell is wrong and re-energize parts of their brain and essentially heal them. That would be great. Or, you know, soldiers that have been shell-shocked, you could kind of influence them to give up their fear. I mean, you know, you're, you're a walking cure for all psychological problems. Um, but you could also, you know, use it for evil. You could also implant ideas and make them do things, too. But still, that's cool. And then the coolest power he has is the ability to sort of just go through objects. Um, so, you know, no matter what the size, you know, if you wanted to, obviously you could use this for great evil, you could just walk through Fort Knox and have no, you wouldn't trip the alarms or anything because you have no heat signature, you have no actual physical presence, you're you're going to a different plane of existence, essentially, and, and then rematerializing on the other side, which would be just cool. Um, so... And then, of course, he can fly. Um, so he's got, in my mind, the perfect sort of set of powers. But I do have a special fondness for Dead Man. 
Yeah, well, the the demo. I, I saw a, a film just on TV recently. It's not a new film. It's from 1998. Denzel Washington was the the main actor, but it was called Fallen, and that was yeah. where this uh, guy, uh, gangster, well, he, he he's in the gas chamber. At the point of being in the gas chamber, uh, the evilness inside him, or whatever it is. Uh, comes out the gas chamber and then enters other bodies and Denzel Washington has to try and hunt him down knowing that he's switching from body to body to body. Yeah. Uh, fabulous film that, by the way. Yeah, that's, uh, DC have had some problems with that film um, for precisely what? the uh, copyright reasons you might Ah, for co- right. Yeah, but um, yeah, the, it is a cool thing, and it's never. It's it's also it's relatively easy, you know. If you're just looking at the behind the scenes aspect, how would you film it and stuff? Obviously, it's relatively easy to do. Um, so, it, it would it would make a great sort of thing, and it sort of is. You know, if we're going to bring this around to myth, misfits, it's kind of sort of Lauren's deal, sort of kind of. I mean, it it is a form of advanced, I guess you'd almost say telepathy in terms of its effect, but um, it's it's relatively easy to do in film, which is why I guess you would have something like that, and it doesn't necessarily look like uh, you know a superpower film at all. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there are so many. Um, uh, I'm just trying to think of um, one. I mean, well, uh, I put the, by the way, for those people listening later, the, the links to all those uh, ones that um, Darth has mentioned are in text here. Um, I mean, there's so many. We've got uh, uh, those that you mentioned. I mean, I, I think you're probably in our group the main uh, comic book fan. I don't know whether if Charlie was here, he'd be able to contribute more to that aspect of it. But um, we'll, we'll certainly come round to you. I'll, I'll play a little clip and then I'll just have my little pennies with. Uh, one of the... Um, uh, shows I liked, and it was one of the ones we talked about when we did about shows that were cancelled after one series. And um, it was a, an Eliza Dushku uh, one that she went to instead of going after Buffy, and she had a chance of doing uh, a Faith Vampire Slayer one. She didn't do it because she had her own series called True Calling, and this was where people who'd been uh, uh, murdered, I suppose the easiest way to say it. Their cadavers, uh, where she worked, because she was a, a mortician, as it were, uh, would suddenly wake up. They would uh, speak to her, and um, she had to go and solve or try and prevent them from dying. And she was transported back uh, to 24 hours previously. And this is very similar. I'm just mentioning this for um, people like Abbasock, if he's still listening, and Colin, Colin, I think he is, and one or two of our older. Uh, listeners that perhaps still listen to our downloads but can't make the show. Um, there was the other one, um, uh, Crime Writer, uh, uh, Crime Traveller, where, where they did it, but they did it via the means of um, a machine that would take them back 24 hours and they would try and solve it. And we've had American programs called First Edition and so on, but basically involves the person uh, going back 24 hours earlier trying to prevent thing. Here's the uh, the bit from uh, True Calling. Hey, 
And one of the th- interesting things with the true calling and a lot of these other ones is that, that uh, quantum leaps another one. Uh, although you, you might not call that a, a special power, but the point is that um, often in these series you have the counterbalance. So um, without spoiling it, just as true calling i think they made the first six episodes of series two that weren't aired you can get them on dvd with the box set um is they had another chap who came and worked the mortician and it was his job to try and prevent her from changing what he believed to have what should have happened to that person um so so you get that sort of yin and yang and, and it, uh, again in um uh, um quantum leap uh, we had um, another jumping person that was uh, trying to counteract what Sam was doing. So really, uh, it always great. If you remember the very famous, well, not very famous, but the Bruce Willis film called um, Break, uh, Unbreakable, um, where he survives a train accident and he can't stand it, and then they, they check, uh, and he doesn't seem to have uh, any way of being injured. Oh, of course, he does. I don't want to spoil it, but there is a vulnerability that he has. But there is another character within that, um, and it takes place in a comic book store, quite a lot of it. Um, and I can't remember the name of the, the black actor who plays his uh, antithesis, whatever the, re- the correct word is, uh, but he's a person that is bone shatter very easily. Um, so there's a great interplay between those two. Well, I had a great difficulty picking mine. Um, Flying was the first one, but I thought, well, perhaps not, because there's so many downsides. Then I was trying to think about uh, all the different ones on uh, these TV series Heroes, uh, and I think I'll put the link in again to... um, This is a a list of the characters in Heroes, um, which I think... Yes, uh, it gives you, uh, let me say, some of the, the things. Uh, rapid cellular regeneration of one. And well, well that's, that's the cheerleader, of course. Uh, but without telling you all the things, uh, poison emission. Whew, I wonder what that is. That sounds like a posh way of saying that they let wind out, but never mind. Um, uh, <laughs> telepathy, flight, uh, um, enhanced strength, freezing, water transport. Uh, transformation um, and lots of things like that then of course you can go to um, the the world of uh, Star Trek and Deep Space Nine and so on uh, what about uh, shapeshifters like Odo is it Odo? am I right? Ian? yes, Odo, yes Odo yeah. that would be well, well, actually that would be shapeshifting would be kind of cool take on the appearance of somebody else yeah uh, and then there was the other one in um, I can't remember whether it was UFO or Space 1999 uh, the girl who could change herself into certain animals, into a bear, into Maya? an eagle. What's it like that? Mira? Maya. That sounds... Maya? Yeah. So. Yeah. But uh, then I thought of my own increasing mortality. Uh, I decided that, again, because I liked um, Highlander, although I don't want the chopping off heads, although I always fancied... Uh, being able to, I'd love to be able to uh, fence. I think fencing is absolutely fabulous. If I could it's be, not really a superpower, but no, no, but no. I guess no, if you were, no. if you if you were immortal, you'd have plenty of time to learn. <laughs> That's true. Uh, one of my famous films, uh, I've told you before, is um, uh, F. Murray Abraham in uh, By the Sword. Love that film. But uh, no, um, I think it would have to be immortality. But again, there's so many. 
things with that. And um, what we're going to take into account with that, of course, is somebody like Captain Jack. Do you are you immortal to the end of time, which uh, you know is absolutely uh, perhaps inconceivable? Or do you want to be more like one of my uh, fictional characters, uh, Lazarus Long, uh, where you, you actually have great uh, length of life where you're living, you know, thousands of years. Uh, you've read a book called Boat of a, M- a Million Years. I'm trying to remember the authors of all these. But a lot of science fiction deals with, uh, you know, a, a longevity like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to play a little clip, a famous clip from uh, Doctor Who. Before you do what, that, um, I've got, a, I got yeah. a question about, because you're, I mean, I have seen a couple of episodes of the Highlander series. Did they ever explain... The aging process of immortals, like, does the aging process stop for you uh, at the point where you first get your head chopped off and realize you're immortal? I mean, how do these people yes, it's reach a... An, an, okay, so that I, that's what I figured, that, that once you got to a certain age, you know, and you got your head chopped, you know, you found out you were immortal and got your, you know, the first time you died, basically there you, your aging stops. Well, that's the problem they had with um, Christopher Lambert because the first one, Conor McLeod, is supposed mm-hmm. to have died when he's about 17 on the battlefield. Right. So that did create a little bit of a problem. And then with uh, Duncan McLeod, the TV series, I think he was just turned about 20, 21, 22 or 3. But even so, you know, uh, when one of the things that American TV has is that they, they always sign them up for five years with options right. for two more years. And, and then yearly after that so uh, I think when uh, Duncan uh, the actor uh, I'll get his name in a moment Adrian Paul Adrian Paul uh, he took on it I think he was about 28 27 uh, playing five years younger and of course it went on for six years I think that Um, and of course then he went on to do the movies Um, they had one young episode where there was a young boy who was very frustrated he was was, uh, well not frustrated in that sense, but in terms of very angry because he he got killed at um, uh, beheaded at uh, twelve, so he was forever going to be a young boy. He'd never <sighs> reach puberty. He'd never, you know, he'd never be able to go out and have a drink or go, you know, have an uh, adult life. Uh, and uh, on the other hand, it, it, you would think that was a disadvantage battling other immortals, but of course uh, nobody. You know, if they took him in, they'd they'd fall asleep and not think there was any danger, and he'd right. behead them in the sleep. You know, things like that. Yeah. So. Uh, they did a similar thing in um, in being human uh, with the uh, the young boy who'd become uh, a vampire at an early age. So he basically mm. he never aged after that. He just stayed at you know he looked like he was like fourteen or fifteen. And and he'd been fourteen or fifteen for you know the last hundred years, you know. So yeah, cool. Anyway, oh, well, go ahead and play your clip. Well, no, no, let, was, let me mention that because we we actually talked about that, and we they did a spin-off series that was done as a little five-minute uh, shorts, wasn't it called mm, uh, Becoming, Becoming Human. Human, which is very uh, very good. If you get a chance to see that somewhere online, watch Becoming Human because it's really actually kind of cool. Yeah, because what they eventually did was tie them together. Uh, to like make one forty-minute episode, uh, and he ends up going to this school, uh, and so on. But uh, let me play. This is the uh, clip of uh, uh, the 10th Doctor and Captain Jack in Utopia. How long have you known? 
to run away from you. When did you realize? First, 1892. Got on a fight in Ellis Island. Man shot me through the heart. Then I woke up. Thought it was kind of strange. But then it never stopped. Fell off a cliff, traveled by horses, World War One, World War Two, poison, starvation, a stray javelin. In the end, I got the message. I'm the man who can never die. And all that time you knew. That's why I left you behind. It's not easy, even just... Just looking at you, Jack, because you're wrong, man. Thanks. You are, I can't help it. I'm a time lord, it's instinct. It's in my guts. You're a fixed point in time and space. You're a fact. That's never meant to happen. Even the TARDIS reacted against you, trying to shake you off. Flew all the way to the end of the universe, you think it really am. <laughs> okay, and uh, before we... we yeah, that's that's the big problem with immortality. TARDIS has shunned you. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I should just mention that, that one of the apologies we received for today's show, couldn't make it, was uh, uh, Mr. Benjamin Elliott. And um, he's put in here somewhere, if I can find it. Um, yeah, um, uh, I can't be there due to a, a medical emergency. I hope that things are okay for you, Benjamin. Uh, but I wish to proclaim my superpower. My power is the power of the pen. I will write about an event after the fact, and everyone will remember my version of events. Mm. <laughs> so there's a highbrow, there's a highbrow moment in Cultum. Savor it. There may not be many more. Well, okay, that's that's kind of similar to the to the Seventh Doctor's uh, persuasion one, where basically you're influencing history. Really, it, you know, your version of the events is the accepted one, regardless of whatever actually happened. So, you know, you could say that uh, you, George Bush was a really good president and and did amazing things. <laughs> Sorry, dig. <laughs> I mean, one of the things is, uh, one of the things is that you know whether it's superpowers are like Romana had uh, issues with it, where it really is not so much a superpower they want. Um, and we've got Jiffy G Seven joining us as well, Ian. Uh, welcome. Uh, but you know, uh, I mean, you could say with True Calling, it's not so much a superpower as a, a gift, um, a, a gift uh, like a gift of second sight and so on. Where whether you class that as a superpower are actually something. Uh, for instance, um, Logan, who's not actually talked, I hope he won't mind me saying this, but he he's he's mentioned to me, and I think he's mentioned at the show that he has, a, and, and I think Graham's similar. They have very good memories, almost photographic memories. I think Logan said, uh, and I said, well, that's fabulous. I do. My memory's awful, you know. Uh, trying to remember mm. what clips I've played and what I haven't is hard enough. So, um, but in actual fact, he said that's not always the case because you remember bad memories as vividly right. uh, as you do good ones, and it's you know you can't pick and choose, and it's it's uh, right. you know sometimes go on. Plus, your your mind sometimes becomes incredibly cluttered. I mean, I've I've got a, a memory for for various things. Like I remember. Uh, TV, a lot of TV shows. I, I remember a lot of the details about them, which makes it very difficult a, to rewatch things. But um, you find yourself—it's like I can't remember birthdays to save my life. 
<laughs> so if anybody on here, you know, it's the, it, I've missed your birthday, this is the reason why. I've memorized every episode of Deep Space Nine, and so there's no room for your birthday. But, I mean, uh, as well known for, like, my wife now, she'll, she'll put something on, she goes, have you seen this one? It'll be on for two seconds, and it'll be out. Yes. <laughs> and like, well, I, I, I just from the very opening scene, especially like uh, the the Star Trek episodes, uh, I'll be like, "Yep, seen it." it just, you just, I just remember from the opening, you know, the the pre credit sequence, uh, you know. So yeah, it it can be a bit of a curse because sometimes you don't have any control over these things that you remember, and so they just stick in your head, and you're like, "Wow, I'd like to be able to, I'd like to have the ability to plug my head into a computer." And go through it like a hard drive and go, don't need that anymore, don't need that anymore. <laughs> and just like periodically go through and delete the stuff that I don't need. And furthermore to that, uh, like Holly did in, in Red Dwarf, I like to, to be able to say, okay, delete all knowledge of Agatha Christie novels. Boom, gone. You can reread them. <laughs> so you could rewatch Star Trek from the very beginning. But I guess the, the the problem with that is, what if you have no interest when you delete it? You go, never heard of it. Why would I bother? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there must be a happy medium because I mean, I'm rewatching the the, the re-showing the uh, Star Trek Next Generation. The trouble is, I'll sit there for half an hour watching an episode, and then half an hour in, it will dawn on me that I remember this one, mm. and then I think well, I must have wasted half an hour. <laughs> most of these Space Nine episodes that I've seen, they've been watching on rewatching on. Uh, on Netflix, I have seen, but it's nice to be able to watch them one after the other, not have to wait till next week and then wonder whether I'm going to be home to watch it. Because um, sometimes that happens. I'm, I'm, I'm looking actually, hopefully, in, in watching all these episodes of Deep Space Nine, and I'll get to one and I'll go, you know what? I've never seen this. I'm hoping that's the case, that there's an episode or two coming up that, because, you know, life gets in the way at times and then you miss things, and, the, you know, back then there weren't. The uh, there wasn't the availability of being able to just acquire episodes, so you know I'm hoping to come across those little bits of gold that it's like, oh, I can't believe it! It's an episode I haven't seen, and just sit there and enjoy it. You know, yeah. that would be the great thing about the, being able to delete memories is to go, okay, you know, oh yeah, I've seen this episode, and then go in there and delete that episode from your memory and go, wow, this is actually really cool. <laughs> Yeah, so. well, just going back to that immortality, that, I mean, the, the, the other side of that, as I said, with like, you know, you, all the things that can happen, you could age and so on. Snow's being, uh, surviving, um, like, um, uh, Angelo did in, um, in the, uh, the latest, um, uh, Torchwood thing, where, you know, surviving by drip feeds and this, that, and the other. So the other thing that I would quite like, and, um, I'm calling this a superpower, is, is like, um, all the the ones on the Dark Angel, where they basically had um, uh, very very um, good DNA, as it were, sort of almost superhuman DNA. I'm just going to play a clip from Dark Angel, and then we'll we'll go back to um, well, t- Tim's dropped out in here, so we'll go back to Jeff after this. Coming this fall, Fox. Suppose I could help you locate the other ones like you. A new series from James Cameron, writer director of Terminator and Titanic. An exciting vision of the near future. They don't exactly have a search engine for kids with barcodes on their neck. The story of an extraordinary young woman searching for answers to the mystery of her past. I know who you are, and I know who you're running from. And you still think you can do something to change that? With your help. Dark Angel, premiering this fall on Fox. 
because the actress they play they have playing her is pretty genetically enhanced herself. But there we go, uh, <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> uh, while I was listening, I I thought of another superpower that uh, I I would think that would be very cool to have, and that is to freeze time and be able to oh. manipulate um, the time so that, for example, if you need, as time is frozen, you if you need something to work, like a mechanical device, you can unfreeze just that and have it run while everything else remains frozen. You can get your productivity way up. If, and if you're in a very time-sensitive, uh, very time-constraint um mode where you need to have something done like that, you could freeze time and, and not have to worry and just take your time and do it right. Yeah, I mean, uh, I just put the link in there. Uh, Hero Nakam- Nakamura, is it, from the the series yeah. Heroes, which I absolutely Heroes. love that. Yeah, uh, quite a few people he was their favorite. I think, I'm, is it Mike who said he, Mike, you're not on audio. Is is Hero, you, was it you that said he was your favorite um character in that. I know somebody on the collective had said that in the past. He's one of mine, basically, because, you know, he's just like us. I mean, he, he, yes, uh, Mike says he's one of my favorite heroes because he, he, in that show, he was the sci-fi fan. He was the comic book fan. He, he enjoyed, you know, and relished and wanted a superpower. He'd sit there and wish he could, you know, freeze time, and that's the thing he was able to do, become the master of time. Um, so, and he could actually do that, like you were saying, Jeff, he could, um, he could freeze time, but then he could go and, like, he could t- touch somebody and bring them out of the time freeze. So he could, yeah. like, you know, help his friends out and move them out of the way and, and stuff like that, so... Yeah, uh, one of the great cool. fi- the, the, one of the baddies in that was actually Skyler. But one of the things he had is he could actually st- 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 um, well, the, it changed. So I don't want to give any things away. I'm trying to edit myself here, but basically he could uh, uh, accumulate um, other people's powers, couldn't he? Yes, yes, he could. Yeah, he could. Uh, yeah, well, basically. The- yeah, he could uh, analyze and and take apart the brain and figure out how a power worked, rather than just um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just rather than assimilating it, um, kind of like Rogue, you know, where Rogue would could touch somebody and take on you know their ability. Well, it was Peter. Uh, it was Peter that did it by uh, yeah. empathy. Peter did it by right. empathy. Yep. But uh, well, didn't Sila so, learn to do that at the end of the series? Well, it changed slightly. I think it might be a bit spoiler territory, but um, what happened was um, we got to a point where they could only hold one power at once or something rather than have lots of powers. Right. But anyway, go on, uh, Jeff. Oh, no, that was pretty much all I wanted to say. Um, But, yeah, I think that would be a very, very useful, very practical power to have is is to fr- be able to freeze time and uh, manipulate things while time is frozen. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, Roman has cool. uh, obviously dropped off and come back in there, but while we, while you're on mute, nope. one of the other things I really used to like when I was a young kid and I did read comic books was I wanted to be. Um, really able to use super speed and of course nobody better than the flash the flash oh. 
and the, the, I mean that was obviously the theme to it. But I mean that brings up all sorts of things. Of course, uh, you know he has to wear special clothes that won't disintegrate when he's doing it. I mean we can have that in the Fantastic Four with the flame on guy. But um, the the thing is that the other thing is is they played in Smallville when they had the Flash as a guest star. Um, he absolutely had to load upon calories, so it's all mm. right running, you know, from Australia. Well, not Australia, but across, you know, across Africa in, you know, three minutes. But then you have to spend about half an hour eating yeah. to, to get your they calories. Did <laughs> they did that on uh, on the TV series as well. Whenever they went around and somebody was looking in his cupboards, there was nothing but like carb laden stuff. There was just like you know, uh, all this junk food. And like I said, how how is it you eat all that? You know. <laughs> but yeah, they, um, Barry had to just load himself up with all this carb stuff and, and energy-inducing stuff. Just to, I suppose now he just drink a Red Bull, you know. <laughs> but I used to love that episode, the, the, that series of The Flash. That was, I thought that was really kind of cool. Well, Amanda it, Payne, well, isn't it? So, you know. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and yeah. that Red Bull works. I can tell when Tim's on a Red Bull. There you go. <laughs> uh, so, Romana, your audio back again. Yeah, I'm back. Any more thoughts to add? No, not really, other than I really want a TARDIS. Well, I know, <laughs> I know. You don't necessarily want the, the superpower. You just want to be able to dress like this lady. did that with, to mess with Ian's mind because uh, Ian's now consu- thinking of I, you in a Wonder Woman costume. And, and we should say before we go on... I don't even know who that was. Well, we, exactly. We should say before we go on, yes, kids who watch Batman Brave and the Bold, there are words to that song. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh they used that right Can I just show the fact that I'm a woman and that I'm only 27, but what thing was that? Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Yeah. Oh, okay. See, I didn't even know what it was. I was like, what on earth are you doing? <laughs> messing with my mind. I'm messing with Ian's mind because I thought the thought of you in a Wonder Woman's costume would get Ian going, I thought. <sighs> I may oh, have to go take a shower. Disgusting. Me and Wonder <laughs> well, Woman sorry. outfit. No one wants to say that. I do. <laughs> Hello. <You're> crazy. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I am not crazy. Uh, Perverted, well, yes. Crazy, no. Well, since um, Romano didn't want to talk about that, you did. We did want to mention Misfits. Now I'm going to clip from the news series. Anyway, that would be a spoiler. But a short clip from Misfits, and then perhaps Ian, if you want to talk a little bit about that, and then perhaps go or to maybe Garth after. Will. <laughs> okay. That should do it. 
Ik zal dat feestje maken. Very, very bad. I feel sick. Oh, I would have killed us. We should call the police. It was self-defense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's right. Yeah, look. We show the dead boy in the locker. They'll do some CSI shit and figure it all out. They won't believe on. We just tell them the truth. We stick to our story. But what's that story? They can turn invisible and then you can turn about time. It doesn't matter what we tell them. They say we're lying. They say that we killed them both. No one's gonna believe you. Not anymore. If there's no body, there's no crime. We should bury them under the flow. Yeah? How do we do that? Someone's gonna see us. No, 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 no. Right? We give them a quick little... Right? We put them in those wheelchairs, we wheel them up there, and if anyone sees us, we're just a bunch of young offenders taking a couple of specials for a walk in the sunshine. Um, uh, I think we'll just have to say goodbye to the seventh doctor, Ian, before we yes. go <laughs> Bye, Jeff. See you all later. We'll see you next week for Invasion. Yep. Cheers. Yep. Cheers. Bye. So, Ian Adarth, Misfits, as guest 12 joins us. Darth, if you wouldn't mind taking this, you're probably more up to date on it. I've, I haven't seen the new... The, 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 whatever episodes have screened so far of the next series. Or have you? Well, no. we, we don't want no, to be too spoiler. Either. No? Oh, okay. I haven't seen it. He talks better than I do. <laughs> no. no. No, I no. got more... You know, there's him and her on, there's Land Girls on, there's lots of other things that I'm watching right now. Ah. Well, yeah, Misfits, if you haven't seen it, is uh, about a bunch of uh, uh, teenagers who basically get endowed with, with special powers in the same way that you know uh, most superheroes do through some kind of accident. Uh, there's a, a, a storm and... Uh, and uh, yeah, these 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 kids, along with other people, you know, throughout I guess throughout the world, hasn't really been explored yet. How many people have you know these different powers? But uh, yeah, they've all got powers. But they're also you know, as they're learning to use them, they're also a bit of a curse as well. Um, one girl, every every time she touches somebody, they uh, they want to uh, do things to her, uh, gets them very sexually aroused and everything. Uh, so. Uh, but she's managed to use that occasionally to to her uh, to her benefit. Um, one of the ones that was great was this guy could could uh, sour he could control dairy products basically, <laughs> um, which you think is really a nasty power like what your milk boy. Um, but when you think about it, it, there are ways and means that you can really kind of turn that into a, a really malevolent power, which he does. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, if you had a bit of cheese earlier in the day or you had a coffee with some cream in it, you know, wow, you know, he could do some damage to you. You know, he could condense it into like a block of uh, cheese and then, you know, jam it in your intestinal tract and... That's it. You're gone. Um, so yeah, it, 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 it's a nice little exploration of like how. Um, I mean, in Heroes, yes, there was there was some kind of you know people were cursed with you know not being able to control some of their powers, but I think Misfits did a better job of of really kind of looking at these things in a, in a different way uh, and, and and the control issues as well. Uh, 
it's so, yeah, it's, it's a dark comedy rather than yeah, it's science a dark, fiction. Yeah, it's a dark comedy. Plus, it's it's very adult oriented. A lot of swearing. So if that's not your, it's not if that's not your bag, baby. Um, yeah, it's not. But it's a good show. Uh, so if you can stomach the the, the language, then y- you should definitely watch it. Um, interestingly enough. Uh, that also turns me to Misfits of Science. Um, if anyone remembers that short-lived TV show, um, let's see. There was Johnny B who could harness the power of electricity. Um, this was back from, what, what 19, 1985, I think. Um, it, Courtney Cox was in it. Uh, oh. Yeah, it was uh, it was great. And one guy could, uh, if he touched, I touched, if he touched the back of his neck, I think he actually did it to himself. If he touched the back of his neck, he'd shrink down to a tiny little guy. But he was this big guy. He was like a uh, basketball player height. And he was like seven feet tall. Uh, Courtney Cox, her power was telekinesis. Um, I'm trying to think if there was any others. Can they, does anybody else remember the show, or is it just me? I don't remember that, um, but uh, just going back to Misfits, I've, I've caught uh, the, I've caught the first one. I'm not too sure what, what day it's on at the moment. So uh, I like Dart and watching quite a few things at the moment and um, trying to uh, um, you know catch up with things. But um, th- there are some really zany things on this, but some very very. Good ones. I mean, uh, one of the ones characters, without saying, is uh, where a person can split themselves into two, which is going back to a little bit what Tim said right at the beginning, you know, for like multiplicity and so on. And they've done that on Smallville as well. They've had uh, um, uh, there was um, there was one episode where Clark Kent was getting most upset because um, um, I th- I'm not no I don't think it was um, uh, Lana Lang that was being dated. It was. Um, one of the others that was being dated by, by this lad who could divide him himself into two two parts, but they they are really bad. But um, there are good misfits and bad misfits as well. Uh, people using the superpowers for good and evil. So mm. whenever you've um, if Dart has, uh, hasn't got much to add on this one, I mean, if you want to let me know when you want to move on from misfits, and I'll take us in another mm. direction. I'm pretty much done. Okay, well, we've got... Let's go to two completely different ends of the spectrum. I'm going to play two clips back-to-back. One is absolutely silly, and one shows you just how uh, this can be uh, used for perhaps evil purposes. And this is the funny one from Kids TV. This is 29 Acacia Road, and this is Eric, the schoolboy who leads an amazing double life. But when Eric eats a banana, an amazing transformation occurs. Eric is Banana Man, ever alert for the call to action. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> Liam, uh, Liam loves Banana Man, by the way. <laughs> Does he? Believe it or not. Even though it's like way, way, way old, he loves Banana Man. Uh, and... The, the neat thing about Banana Man, if you've never seen it, it's, and if you've seen the goodies, uh, you'll love it because it's all the, the, the goodies doing the voices on there. So. Tim Brooke Taylor, I think, isn't it? Tim Brooke Taylor, actually, oh, yeah, but all three of them are, oh. basically, it's their show. 
I, I should find another one called uh, with with the Doctor Who link. Of course, is um, Super Ted. Super Ted, because uh, of course that has um, the third Doctor uh, playing Spotty in Super Ted. Super Ted, but Super Ted, you can't do that. Uh-huh. Yeah, John Pertwee. Yeah. All right, go to the other extreme of the uh, thing. And this is um, from X-Men, Magneto. It's a long clip, so I'll probably stop it. Don't give up on the marriage. What would you have me do, Charles? I've heard these arguments before. It was a long time ago. Mankind has evolved since. You're so proud of being a mutant. What's your mark? I have remarked once, my dear. Let me assure you, your needle shall never touch my skin again. If we want freedom, we must fight for it. And that fight begins now. They say you're the bad guy. Is that what they say? You are going to stop this. Tell me, where is Magneto? You have to find Magneto and stop it. By any means necessary. They will draw first blood. The only question is, who will you stop? And I better stop it there. I've put a link in for X-Men, of course, there are so many different ones there, uh, which people may want to talk about, and I give them the opportunity to do so. And then, uh, I don't know how long we want to continue, Ian, but um, I have got a link that I think we ought to go to for the last session of today's show. So, uh, okay. you know, tell me when you think we're getting near to the end. Uh, and I'll put the link in now so people can peruse it. This is... Um, uh, powerlistingwikipedia.com wiki uh, forward slash wiki forward slash list of supernatural powers and abilities which uh, people might want to pick at uh, for whole areas that we have missed out to now but um, uh, Darth uh, Romana do you want to comment on um, you know the the funny side of uh, uh, superpowers or the dark side of superpowers either of you Um, I think uh, Romana stepped away for a couple of minutes, but they're still here. Well, I mean, funny. Um, That's very broad. I think Um, the whole milk one and misfits is immensely amusing. (laughs) Well, but it's also quite serious and quite gross. I mean, it's it's serious when you just say it. When you actually see it, it's very frightening. And that's the beauty of that episode is that... the more you understand what the terrible power is, the more it's like, oh my god, that is the most terrifying thing ever. Um, but I guess mm-hmm. funny, I mean, funny, I guess I, I sort of mentioned this in passing. You'd have to say um, Brave and the Bold, uh, which is a series that has what, just finished, I suppose, in the U.S.? It finished in August in the U.K. Um, and it is essentially... It's really the Adam West Batman, and we haven't talked. That obviously is in itself just hugely funny. You know that when uh, Warner Brothers, because of its history of you know being associated with Bugs Bunny and other 
comedic things, decides to do a parodic take on its um, superhero properties, then you do generally get some pretty good results, like Batman 1966 with Adam West, and then currently, or almost currently, or just finished currently, uh, Brave and the Bold, which in some cases is eye-wateringly hilarious, uh, especially the more you know about comics um, and the more you know about the, the old Batman series and you know the fact that every time Wonder Woman shows up, you get the Linda Carter Wonder Woman theme playing in the background without words. Um, it, it's had a an episode nominated for an Emmy um, because of its um, just hilarious uh, Neil Patrick Harris guest starring appearance. Um, it was it was an entire it's like the musical episode of Buffy, um, which I've never seen, but I've heard great things about. It's like that. Um, so if you if you want a dose of funny. That you you can get parodic takes on standard characters, and then I guess I've never seen Banana Man, but that sounds like it is itself just meant to be kind of funny. Um, well, my favorite character in 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 um, in, in uh, um, Doctor Horrible is Moist. <laughs> because <laughs> it's weird. If you say that word moist, moist is just a terrible. I don't know. The connotations moist comes up, but that's his superpower. He's just moist. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's just the most absurd thing. What are you? I'm moist. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. He, but, no, 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 no. Ever ready to friends? Right. Oh God. <laughs> 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 I mean, he's slightly damp, moist. Oh, God. <laughs> they call Unbelievable. Me the perverted one. They call me the perverted one. Sorry, Darth, you were saying. No, no. <laughs> I was just trying to think of some more. I mean, the the case of the original superhero being, oh, in in its original incarnation, funny, is relatively rare in the U.S. It's more common in Britain. You know, you got things like My Hero and... Uh, Banana Man and some other things that have been on British TV. I guess because Britain start from the point of view of, I don't know, being more au fait with the idea of making a parody and making a good parody. And so they'll, they'll tend to make parodies before they make the you know straight-up good thing, um, which is why I think you've had, uh, you know, the, the order of business... Uh, in British science fiction was first Doctor Who, which wasn't actually all that good in terms of the way that it was made. Um, and then you had Red Dwarf, which was, you know, technically better because I think the British put more money into it because it was a comedy and, and therefore that got, you know, a different bite of the budgetary era. And it's only lately that we've had, you know, good Doctor Who. Um, and good, I mean, of course, technically good Doctor Who. Um, in in America, you do get a few more. Uh, well, you do get a few heroes that were created parodically. The Tick being one obvious one. Um, Space Ghost isn't actually a, a. You know, it started out in a sort of serious su- Saturday morning kind of vein, but it, it was so obviously ripe for parody that 
its more famous incarnation is the one that's been on Cartoon Network, and and that one is you know obviously parodic. Um, but you know, by and large, there aren't that many examples, especially you know up until about I suppose the nineties. You know, somewhere in there, like with Animaniacs, somewhere in there, there came a point where it was shown that you could do parodic cartoons and that kids would like it and uh, you know slightly more than kids would like it and so therefore there was a market for doing parody and then all of a sudden you had a lot more parody and then you know i suppose you as you exploded networks you suddenly got you know network programmers with a great hunger of what they were going to put on their schedule and so you had you know cartoon network suddenly opening up a a period of their schedule for Adult Swim, and then, you know, nowadays it's very common. Uh, Simpsons is in this, too, of showing that you can do a a very successful, uh, funny sort of uh, animated work, and nowadays it's fairly common in um, American television to have kind of superhero-y sort of uh, characters hanging around um, in, in a more lighthearted way, but it, it really wasn't, it's not a, it's a very recent thing, I think, um, in American television to have that kind of dynamic going on. Most of the time, you know, with Americans, superheroes are very straight-laced, they're very, you know, it's very dramatic, it's about trying to, you know, save the day and do good things, and that's why they're now such targets for parody, because, it, you know, you look at an episode of Super Friends today, and it really feels like it's a parody, even though it totally wasn't made as a parody. Um, and that's why you know you go to YouTube and you'll find just tons of you know of videos where they've just taken Super Friends and they haven't really done anything to the episode, but you know the clip just renders in a different way to the modern mind than it did back then, and it's just oh yeah, that is very very funny. Um, and, and, and you know you'll even you get we haven't really talked about these but uh, you know there, there's a, a gag on Saturday Night Live you know the, the ambiguously gay duo um, who were, I, don't, I, I forget um, I don't know if it's still going on and I forget exactly when it started but I think it started around 2000 maybe slightly before that um, you know and it was a an animated segment that appeared on Saturday Night Live in the same way that you know, The Simpsons started out as an animated segment of the Tracy Ullman show. And, you know, it involved two characters that were very much modeled on Batman and Robin uh, with the notion that everything that they said and did could be taken in a homosexual context. And so that became the running gag. You know, was their car actually shaped like a penis or was it just shaped like a long car? Um, you know, when they hit each other on the ass, was that just you know what guys do on the football field, or was it something else? When they you know helped each other into a uh, crime fighting position, could it also be read as a sexual position? Um, you know, there's just lots of double entendre and stuff, and that that's a common vein in American parody today, and not just American, but but certainly it's it's there in American parody of. Know, how how can you read sex into the superhero um, genre? And it's you know incredibly easy because everybody's wearing you know tight lycra. lycra. You know, <laughs> so what are you gonna do? 
Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, by and large, the idea of a you know anything like Banana Man actually happening in the U.S. even today, I don't think you'd be able to quite. It's a little too gentle. It's a little too. I guess uh, I'm guessing I haven't really seen it that much, but it. Um, Certainly from the theme song, it seems pretty much like it wouldn't actually work that well. Even even though you can find people like Ian Skids who, you know, watches it and like it. You can always get, you know, you'll find fools who are 10 years old that like, you know, Second Doctor and Third Doctor or whatever, fine. Uh, but by and large, the general populace isn't going to like old Doctor Who. They're not going to like old animation like this. Well, I mean, he you could say great. He-Man had a special power, didn't he? Because he was Adam West, wasn't he? It was only uh, when he held the sword Adam, aloft that Adam he changed. West. Adam, uh, not Adam West. <laughs> but uh, he was Adam somebody anyway. Prince Adam. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> There's the superpower for you. What are you? I'm Adam West. I'm TV's <laughs> but, Adam West. <laughs> but he's funny. You know, He you could do a whole discussion on Adam West alone. And I know. I mean, the amount of voice work that that guy has gotten lately, totally on the back of Batman. I mean, every his whole career is really Batman, even though he did a lot of stuff before that, and he did some stuff after it in the seventies that had nothing to do with Batman. That totally proved that he was a competent actor. That you know was not hamming it up. He could do really serious stuff. But you know, he, he is now like I guess actually in a bigger way than Bill Shatner. He is his persona as Batman, or as as really as Bruce Wayne, not really Batman, but he is the persona of Bruce Wayne. And you know how much work does he get? He's in like, lots of video games and all this stuff. Yeah, I, I think he's America's answer to, to Tom Baker in that respect. You know, kinda Tom Baker is voice work. I mean, when when you when you look at you know say like a parallel of of, of Little Britain. I yeah. mean, his, his vo- Tom's voice work on that was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it's the same with uh, with Adam West. I mean, in, in Family Guy, he's he's the mayor of Quahog, right? <laughs> as right. Adam West, not any character. He's just TV's Adam West. Um, right. He was also Catman in in um, in uh, Fairly Odd Parents. Fabulous in that too. Parodying, right. parodying, uh, of course, Batman. It's just <laughs> yeah, and he's in like he's in thirteen, the video game thirteen from the com from the French comic uh, thirteen. He's the sort of general or whatever, but I mean, you can totally tell it's Adam West. Hmm. Uh, and, and indeed, that's a selling point for some people. I, I'm a, I bought that for Adam West, you know. Um, so he, you could you could totally do a study on his contribution to parodic stuff, and even even the Tick, whatever that guy's name is, whoever he is, the guy that's in Seinfeld, I forget his name, you know, that does the voice. Yeah, I mean, he is in a sense the incarn the reincarnation of Adam West. Yeah. So, well, I think we need a clip. <laughs> There will come a time when Gotham City shall witness the ultimate conflict of justice. 
that time has come. That time is now. Arnold Schwarzenegger is Mr. Freeze. You are not sending me to the cooler. George Clooney is Batman. Now, didn't your mother ever tell you not to play with guns? I hate when people talk during the movie. Chris O'Donnell is Robin. Tell me and I'll kiss you. Uma Thurman is Poison Ivy. Kiss me and I'll tell you. This is why Superman works alone. <laughs> and Alyssa Silverstone is Batgirl. Looks like you give women a bad name. A lethal cocktail of ice with a dash of venom. An awesome challenge for our heroes in black. A film by Joe Schumacher. Batman and Robin. Anyway, yes, introducing that is... Uh, <laughs> well, you bring you were bringing that up because we were talking about parodies and comedy and in, in in with superheroes, right? Yeah. <laughs> Even the trailer. <laughs> sending themselves. Yeah, that was trailer says, "Do not watch me." <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen to all the people we cast in this that should never have been cast. Oh, the one thing that they didn't mention, the one selling point they didn't mention was the nipples on the bat suit. <laughs> <laughs> The only thing I like in that movie, the only thing, and it's so kind of cheesy, is Robin's line, holy metal island, Batman. What? This island? It's metal. It's below. <laughs> I just thought it was just ridiculously stupid, but funny and enjoyable at the same time. <laughs> it was a guilty pleasure. Holy metal island, Batman. <laughs> Sorry. Come on, Robin. To the Batcave. We haven't one moment to lose. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. And we've yeah. got Romana back in the room. We're, we've, uh, I think we ought to be sort of winding down somewhat yes, now. Yes, definitely. Two links, actually. Uh, I've got this link that you may want to peruse. Um, again, people use the text chat, uh, well, the chat grabber to read it. Uh, Powerlisting.wikia dot com forward slash wiki forward slash list of supernatural powers and abilities but i've just found a new page which actually might be more relevant to our show now uh, and i will put the link in and read it out and this is uh, www.superpowerlist.com forward slash explorer forward slash sorted forward slash one forward slash newest and it's where people, growing list of superpowers created by you, dream the impossible. And you can get unbelievable uh, things uh, that people have come up with as possible superpowers. <laughs> if you want to go to the main page, it's just, of course, um, superpowerlist.com, where you can look. Uh, the, mo- the newest superpowers, freezing blood. The ability mm. to have one's blood, uh, one, sorry, the ability to have what one blood touches freeze. Hmm. Uh, burning blood, the ability to have one's blood ignite flames. Um, Celtic invocation, Beltane, the ability to use the power of Beltane the first day of spring. I mean, the, you know, obviously some of these are quite tongue in cheek. Uh, 
Right. Oh, uh, well, if you look at there's there's quite a, an interesting selection under the least wanted ones as well. There's most wanted, there's newest, oldest, but there's least wanted. And and one of these powers is Bob the dinosaur, the ability to summon a vegetarian dinosaur who gives wedgies. <laughs> there you go. Right. Uh, and they've also got a page called Randomizer, so you can click on Randomizer and get a random uh, superpower. I've just clicked on it. <laughs> the ability to grow spiky spines out of the body, like a porcupine. The good, covered in spines. You can shoot spikes out of your body. The bad, you can't touch balloons. No <laughs> one would want to hug you. So you click the Randomizer. Yes. Yeah, this is actually a fun page. You can spend a time on this one. <laughs> Yes, uh, red eggs, the ability to use uh, use them to throw at your enemies so that they will be permanently irritated and blinded. Hmm. Guitar hero battle, the ability to settle disputes with a guitar hero battle. <laughs> yeah, I thought we'd into that one. Oh, here's a completely useless one. Justin Bieber, the ability to mimic Justin Bieber in every way, shape, and form. It's, of course, under the least wanted list, so, yeah, with good reason. But there's, you know, uh, pages and pages of the least wanted. So as far as entertainment value goes, there's a lot to enjoy on this page. Uh, yes, I won't read any more. Apart from this one. Okay. Tempor temporary uh -huh. nylon ligaments. The ability to temporarily make your ligaments as strong as nylon. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a good one uh, I just found. Beeromancy. Uh, the ability to know the future by seeing how beer pours into a glass. The good, a thirst-quenching way to see the future. Uh, the the proof, beer power will let you make the best beer make the best beer possible. The bad, you don't have a power to avoid getting drunk. Two, you're underage. Three, you've given up drinking. <laughs> All right, I think that about wraps up our show. We're getting silly, are we now? All right. No, not at all. <laughs> Before we go, Join, there's just uh, one thing. Oh, wait, wait, sure. just one thing. Because initially in the discussion, Dave said, what's the best representation of a superpower on TV or whatever? And for my money, it is still the season, open, season opener to season four of Smallville. And when... Kal-El flies for the first time. The, the visual representation of flight is phenomenal. And it, it right. literally, I've watched that scene over and over and over again, and it never fails to disappoint. It is so jaw-droppingly beautiful to see it. Absolutely, yeah. I'm a big fan of uh, Smallville. I like lots Don't wait of it, for it to... so... I'm waiting for it to come on Netflix. Well, actually, so Matt, well, anyway. again, with it not being too spoiled, one of my f favourite ones is where uh, Lana Lang, for at least a period of time, she also gets superpowers. And um, uh, one of the, the long-standing problems about Superman, whether he could actually have a partner or not, of course, um, everybody in Smallville thinks there are earthquakes going off, and it's just him and Lana Lang getting it on. Oh, All righty then. Are we done? Well, unless done. Romana wants to say anything because she was away for a while. She mm. was doing, um, using her superpowers of cooking. She was, uh, I think. Oh, yeah. 
No, she she was looking at. <laughs> she was she was looking up Wonder Woman costumes on the internet. <laughs> no, 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 I was using my super, I was using my superpower to be able to use one pound to feed me for a week. That's my superpower. There you go. <laughs> I've seen it in action. It works. Oh yeah. <laughs> you, you get two you get two drumsticks. You squirrel one away for for tea, one for a lunch. Oh no. <laughs> Uh, uh, I, I think on a KFC bucket she could go a week. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, that's not too expensive. As I said, meat what's meat. Anyway. All right. That's about it. Yes. <laughs> All right, that about wraps it up for us. Uh, join us next week when we're being invaded. How new is that for us? <laughs> no, Hello. next week we're going to be talk- talking about <laughs> invasions of the uh, the 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th, and 7th kind. Uh, what? What are you going to say? Come on, say it. I was going to say, planet is basically about invasions of Earth. Uh, all the different stories where Earth is under uh, imminent invasion. Or at least Hollywood, anyway. <laughs> all right. So uh, bring your invasion stories, uh, your favorites, your least favorites, and uh, and join us next week for a, a good old chinwag about uh, invasions of Earth. So until then, it's goodbye from Mr. Dave AC. And it's goodbye from Ian Superpower Bissett. Goodbye, everybody. Up, up, and away. <laughs> Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.